This episode of The Latest is brought to you by The Latest. This holiday season, we're thankful to all our listeners, especially to those who listened to last week's show. And whether there actually was an episode last week or we took it off for Thanksgiving, we're still grateful that you and yours are subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other weird apps. Enjoy the show. It's Monday, November 30. I'm Greg Ott. This is the latest. The battle for control of the Senate now rests on a pair of high-stakes runoff elections in Georgia. John Ossoff has dedicated his career to fighting injustice. But I do want to introduce also uh, David Perdue, who is, uh, he is really in a great Those voices are discussing the Georgia runoff, a term that accurately describes a closely watched Senate election, as well as the texture and taste of boiled peanuts. In a pair of highly contested races that will ultimately determine which party controls a key lever of the legislative branch, Georgians across the political spectrum find themselves asking the same question. Is the devil coming down here to weigh in, or is he flying directly to Mar-a-Lago? Thanks to the Peach State's so-called jungle primary, which shoves candidates of all parties through a political meat grinder worthy of Upton Sinclair, no two sausages have emerged as clear favorites after the November election, resulting in a special double race that's already cost nearly 10 times more money than The Rock spent purchasing the XFL at Vince McMahon's garage sale. If the two Democratic candidates emerge victorious, the Senate will be tied at 50-50, with Vice President-elect Kamala Harris serving as tiebreaker firing an extra puck into the net after Senators McConnell and Schumer failed to resolve things on the ice. But if one or two of the Republican candidates emerge victorious, the GOP will continue to wield power over the Senate, allowing the building to continue functioning like our nation's preeminent WeWork, beautifully constructed with nearly nothing happening on the inside. In one race, the Democratic candidate is Raphael Warnock, a Baptist pastor who led a sit-in at the Georgia State Capitol in an effort to expand Medicaid that he was ultimately arrested for. His opponent is Republican Kelly Loeffler, who was widely regarded as one of the richest people in Congress, about four times wealthier than Mitt Romney, amounting by weight and current commodities prices to roughly 500 more of Joseph Smith's golden plates. She's the co-owner of the Atlanta Dream, the WNBA team that's living up to their name by fulfilling every little girl's wish of competing at the highest athletic level while being overseen by the CEO of an offshore credit default swap clearinghouse in the Cayman Islands. And her husband literally owns the New York Stock Exchange and must be advising her on important trades, like sending Jessica Breland and Nia Coffee to Connecticut. She's also called herself the most conservative Republican in the Senate and wants to hold China accountable for passing the virus to Melania Trump. Considering that Loeffler has recently claimed that she's not familiar with the president's infamous Access Hollywood tape, it's no surprise that she believes that the first lady was infected by something other than the most obvious source. The other race features Democratic candidate John Ossoff, a 30-something investigative journalist and media executive who's produced documentaries about lighthearted subjects like human trafficking and ISIS. His opponent is incumbent David Perdue, the former vice president of Sarah Lee, head of a pillow company, and CEO of Dollar General, who was presumably elected on his platform of being an impulse buy. His expertise in brownies, bedding, and batteries aligns with Georgia's motto of wisdom, justice, and moderation, 
which explains why he's voted against the Affordable Care Act, opposes same-sex marriage, and doesn't believe there's a scientific consensus on climate change, as his gated community constructs a seawall to protect his $4 million beachfront mansion. Now, to be fair, maybe it's just because he enjoys the view of concrete, and considering his dollar stores sell $1 ribeye steaks, maybe the taste as well. Now, my intention here isn't to paint this as a picture of Democrats good, Republicans bad. Those portraits already hang in state houses across the country. But Loeffler and Purdue, to me, are uniquely despicable representatives of the people. Much like the McRib sandwich is a uniquely despicable representative of food. If you remember an old episode of this program from August, which you do because you love blasting through a 60-something episode archive of old sarcastic news, I talked about Loeffler undergoing a Senate ethics investigation for her alleged attempt to profit off of the pandemic. No, she wasn't scalping homemade hand sanitizer outside of the Gateway Center. She sold millions of dollars in stock before the market plunged and acquired stock in teleworking software companies after receiving a January briefing about the severity of COVID-19 and continued to downplay its effects in public. Purdue was implicated in the same scandal to the tune of another couple million. They've both denied wrongdoing, and the Senate found no evidence that they broke the law, but that's because it's still legal for members of Congress to trade on stocks. If it's not insider trading, it's insider trading light, the sugar-free variant that somehow tastes worse than the original. Now, I'm not sure how many listeners I have in Georgia. According to my statistics, the vast majority of downloads originate from a small apartment in Brooklyn that's suspiciously close to my address. But if you're listening in Hotlanta, or Hot Gusta, or Hot Vanna, or Kawarmbis, if you weren't already planning on voting for Ossoff and Warnock on their merits, I hope that you'll at least consider voting against Loeffler and Purdue on the basis that the stock market and the dollar store may not have your best interests at heart. If Democrats don't retake the Senate, it's going to be nearly impossible to pass meaningful stimulus around the coronavirus, advance legislation on racial justice and voting rights, or even dedicate a post office to Wilford Brimley. From the virus to the amateur golfer masquerading as commander-in-chief, this country's on a long road to recovery in the pursuit of returning to normal. And if we want to have a fighting chance to stand back up again on our own two feet, one red, one blue, maybe we shouldn't let the fate of the next few years be in the hands of the Robinhood app and the place that sells off-brand Tylenol that put your local grocery store out of business. And now it's time for the O.J. Simpson Twitter update. Hey, Twitter world. Hey, Twitter world. Hey, Twitter world. This is me, yours truly. My guest today is a dog. Thanks for joining me. As COVID-19 cases continue to spread nationwide, states like California are likely to face new lockdowns and restrictions in order to keep hospitals from becoming overwhelmed with patients. But throughout the country, Americans are defying what's necessary to control the pandemic, refusing to wear masks and continuing to gather in places indoors, even in spite of local ordinances. In April, OJ reminded us of what's at stake should the country have to be locked down again? Hey, Twitter world, yours truly. Well, Sunday morning, can't go to church, can't play golf. So you find yourself watching TV, watching the news and some sports. And I don't see why they don't open up uh, hiking trails, dog parks and golf courses, because it's relatively easy to follow these social distancing guidelines in those places. But I'm just saying, look, stay healthy. Take care. Dog, what do you think about what OJ had to say?
Mm-hmm. And what do you think about OJ? That's this week's OJ Simpson Twitter update. Dog, good boy. And that's the latest written, recorded, produced by Greg Ott. OJ Simpson Twitter update produced by Christy Forsh. Not only did she find that dog, she uh, sifted through hours of old OJ videos to squeeze out that last drop of orange juice for you. So thank you, Christy. If you haven't subscribed, please do Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, other weird apps. Tell your friends to subscribe on those same apps. Latestpod.com for all your latest podcast website interests. I'm on Twitter at underscore Gregot. Yeah, right. See you soon. And by see you soon, I mean hear you soon. And by hear you soon, I mean you'll be hearing me soon. And by hearing me soon, I mean you'll soon be hearing me do another episode of this pod uh, uh, cast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs>